And I remember when I got the call from Howard telling me that they were trading for me from Atlanta, Georgia, to go to Syracuse. I was like, whoa, Syracuse? Syracuse? <laughs> I'm leaving Georgia. It was about to have the, it was about to have the Olympic because it was uh, the March of 96. So the Olympic was coming that summer. And I said, like, okay, well, now I've got to readjust, go back up north, and go back to Syracuse, which at that time was fighting for a playoff spot. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles. Great to be with you here today as we continue along with Crunch Chronicles and have another very special guest coming your way on the show here today. We will chat with former Syracuse Crunch forward Reggie Savage. Reggie was a big part of the early period in crunch history. He joined the team during the 1995-1996 season. That was the second season for the Syracuse Crunch. He came in though late that year. The team was trying to find its way late in the season, had a pretty good team, but was maybe missing a piece or two, looking to make an impact at its second season in the AHL. They had Reggie Savage. It was a big trade. He was great down the stretch. He clinched the Crunch's first playoff appearance in franchise history. He was very good in the playoffs as well as the Crunch. Went all the way to the conference finals that season. A big part of that team played 10 games that year in the regular season at the end of that season. And then 16 games during the playoffs with 15 points. But then he went away. He went to Springfield for a year. A couple of other teams along the way ended up in Italy for a season. The Crunch then brought him back at the end of the decade. He was really good again. Another 70-point season in the 1999-2000 season as the Crunch were beginning to bridge a gap with affiliations over the next couple of years. 2000-2001, the Columbus Blue Jackets era officially begins, and the Crunch made sure they had a key part of a team that had been here previously to bridge that gap, become a leader in the community, on the team. Reggie Savage was that guy. He was here for the 01 season as well, 2000-2001, and he had another 61 points. So three seasons in Syracuse in total for Reggie Savage and really productive seasons on the score sheet for Reggie. And as we said, a great leader on and off the ice for the Crunch. And he has become a key member of the Crunch's alumni base. Just uh, always so uh, excited to get back into town, meet the fans, see the fans once again, and reminisce about his time with the Crunch. And we do that here today. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did, as our next guest here on Crunch Chronicles is former Crunch forward Reggie Savage. Thank you for having me on this uh, on this Sunday. Uh, uh, actually, it's uh, it's great to be uh, to be able to talk about my time in Syracuse. I'm still uh, based out of Orlando, Florida, so I have a nice home here. So it's pretty, you know, 65 degrees right now. So it's pretty nice and uh, very nice, comfy. Yeah, rub it in. Why don't you? It's getting cold here in Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on down there in Orlando? What's keeping you busy these days? Well, um, once I uh, transitioned to the more nine-to-five workplace, uh, I've been been in hospitality as a director of security for hotels. And I uh, recently, well, over a year passed now since the, uh, the pandemic, I was uh, very fortunate to be uh, get a, t- uh, a corporate job of not overseeing five hotels, uh, the security for five hotels in Orlando. So 
I'm extremely busy. Oh, well, that's wonderful to hear. Uh, good, good to hear that you've gotten through the uh, or getting through the pandemic uh, well and good. Uh, you know, you've been retired from hockey, from pro hockey for what fifteen years or so. What, what's? <laughs> I, I hate to put the number on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've gotten that reaction every time I mentioned something like that. <laughs> but wow. But yes, uh, but uh, how has post uh, post hockey life been for you uh, in in terms of you know acclimating, I guess, to the quote unquote real world? Uh, I will say very well. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate that uh, I knew that this professional career will end at some point. Uh, I saw it coming, saw it coming a long, long way, and I always prepare myself of what do I want to do next. And I was very fortunate that early, you uh, know, graduate high school, or graduate college. So I positioned myself to be, like, you know, at some point in time we get we got to move on, and the dream of playing hockey forever is not going to play for forever. And I make good with that early on in my career and understanding and especially the second time around when Howard brought me back uh, uh, under the, the, the blue jacket umbrella like I knew that okay I, I maybe had a few more year a few more contract and that would be it and I felt like since I was living in Florida in the off season I felt like okay uh, here it's obviously hospitality is vacation time that I feel like my experience of you know, being travel over the world will transition well uh, into that aspect of the real sector of, of, of life. And I really, really enjoyed doing this. And uh, security has been something that uh, I did pre-law in, in college. I graduated in pre-law. So that was something that really I walked into and it was an easy transition. And I've been doing it ever since I, I stopped playing. And uh, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it went from one passion to play hockey. You know, my passion is hospitality and doing security for hotel. That's wonderful to hear. How you know how important is it to have that? You know, when you're playing, you obviously want to focus on 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 playing and, and things like that. But to to know it's not going to last forever, and to have uh, something to that you can make that transition to relatively smoothly. I would say it's your surrounding between uh, family and the, the, the and and your I call you your inner circle. We very thought of a very young age that oh you're the greatest you're good you're good you you know your your skill you're well adulated by your by your peers you're adulated by the fans and you get lost into doing things that you could be doing things forever. So that's why most athletes and professional athletes hit a wall when they realize oh. What am I going to do next when I'm not playing? What am I going to do next when I'm not going on the ice? What am I going to do next? There's, there's no fan train for me. What are, what else passion I'm going to do when you know all of this will be gone and you left like oh and that's why you need to prepare yourself even before you even start you prepare yourself okay hockey the short amount of time most career are between two three four five years as just as a professional so you need to be figuring out okay very early on as okay what else do I want to do in my life what else I'm passionate about and really focus on that and and I one thing I told especially the young generation always asking me like okay what was it like and everything else is understand what you do now will impact your future. Yes, you're passionate about the sports, but also look what you do at school and what seems to be interesting. Really get into that and see what could lead you to the next part of your phase because sports is not forever. And you have to, you know, accept that as, as an athlete, especially a professional athlete. And the sooner you accept that, the easier you transition when it's time to move on. That's an easy transition to the next, next phase of your life. 
Oh, you said you started kind of thinking about that once you came back, uh, signing with uh, with yes. the Crunch again. So we'll we'll start to shift now, I guess, to to your time with the Crunch. And, and like we said, you spent a couple of years here in Syracuse. Uh, you you for your first year here was near the end of a season, the 1995-96 season when you joined the team. We'll dive into that a little bit in a moment. But first, just you know, just a general thoughts on on uh, your your couple of years spent in Syracuse. It was awesome. I I, I do miss the. Uh, I will say Syracuse was probably uh, the place I have the most impact, not only on the ice, but also with the fan and, and the community. I really enjoyed my time in the city, uh, even though Syracuse was cold and everything else. I'm, you know, but I'm born and raised in Montreal, so it's, you know, you know, three hours away. Uh, you know, so it was still, okay, I, I knew that what's what I would give myself to. But the main thing is, I didn't. I did not realize how much the fans are very much part of of the franchise, and I remember when I got the call from Howard suddenly that it, they were trading for me from Atlanta, Georgia, to go to Syracuse. I was like, "Whoa, Syracuse! Syracuse! <laughs> I'm leaving Georgia. It was about to have the it was about to have the Olympic, because it was uh, the March of '96, so the Olympic was coming that summer. And I said, like, okay, well, now I got to readjust, go back up north, and go back to Syracuse, which at that time was fighting for a playoff spot. So in in Atlanta, we were sure for for a playoff shot already. So I had to adjust for a couple of days before transition back to, to Syracuse to say, okay, here we go. And now we're back in the trenches and we're back in a totally different um, league because I was playing in the international IHL league, which at the time we're, we're not doing the bus. We're flying everywhere and everything else. So there was a real shocker there for, for, for a moment. Like I went from Georgia, it was very nice and cozy. And now I'm back in the cold and everything else. And uh, it's back with the rivalry with the, with the the Rochester American and all that. And, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a change, but it was a change that I never thought that, um, what that ride was and became, and that's really, really, I got to really enjoy the city and the fan and, and, and the organization. Yeah. And that year you get traded, you played, I think it was 10 games at the end of that regular season. You had a, such an impact. The team was, was battling for a playoff spot door, down the stretch of that year and, and needed some sort of presence. You wore that presence to come in that veteran leadership a little bit as well. And, uh, or at least a guy who can uh, produce for that team down the stretch. You did. Uh, I know you scored what the, the goal that clinched the playoffs spot for the crunch that year right the yes, first ever playoff yeah. berth for the crunch what did that yes. mean to you it meant a lot because i knew coming in and you just i think you set the stage very well howard was very clear what what he brought me here for the, the team needed a spark they needed something to put the team over the over the hump and with my experience my enthusiasm the way i play the game uh, it was a great fit for me coming into a locker room where uh you you you're coming into people that you don't really you know, you know, not just by the numbers and by their past history, but how is he as a person? How is he, he going to acclimate himself to what the crush is about, to what we've been fighting for, to be in the playoff, to be into finally going to the postseason? And we went in and, and it was clear from the start, like it was a, a stretch one. Watch, and it got it got right right away and the more you saw that and the more like you see the fans how the fans are involved and then the rivalry with rochester the rivalry with scranton the rivalry 
you know, with all those teams. And he said, oh, okay, this is, this, this is for real. And, and how much everybody's passionate about it. And uh, between obviously the, the short ride from bus ride to the city to the city. So uh, you really got into it very quickly. And the more I got to myself, and I, I remember the, the, the Scotty Walker and the, the Mike Fountain, and really got me agitated, uh, acclimated very well with the with the environment. And uh, Howard and his team, and Vance and Jimmy, and in, in, in the front office, really got me comfortable off the ice. And I did a lot of appearance uh, off the ice with with fans, wise, and everything else. And and everything comes to everything comes to a place to oh, I belong here. Just like I, I, I belong here. Like you, you, you never think you belong here, and, and we got to that run, and it was it was an awesome run for uh, for about two or three months, and uh, you know we made the playoffs. Yeah, you make the playoffs. You, you go all the way to the conference finals that year. Uh, you lose to Rochester, who ended up winning the Calder Cup, that big rivalry there. But in the course of that, uh, you, you ended up facing uh, Baltimore, a team that you played yes. for previously. Uh, what was that first of the whole playoff run like, and then uh, going up against uh, you know a city where you you kind of you grew up a little bit in that organization there in Baltimore, a bit as well. Yes, it, it, it was. Um, I would say that was a little very strange because that was when I started my pro career of my three years in Baltimore and. And now I'm playing against them. Obviously, I know the arena. I know the environment. I know the organization there. So you feel a little bit like a little bit traitor there when you're 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 being up or you're all you know people that you understand and you knew very well. But in the same token, I knew where my heart was. My heart was in Syracuse all the way, and my heart was okay. We need to beat these guys. We need to beat that franchise. And I remember a game there, like he was got really, really hectic off the ice. And uh, I can feel the support from my team and my teammates and the fan of Syracuse were now uh, like, I was there like their, their son now. And it, it was, it was strange because I think after that series, this is really, I felt like, okay, I became a crunch, really, really became a crunch. Like, okay, I know when I'm really here and the fan embraced me and my teammate embraced me. So it was, it was, it was an eye opening of, of, from a very short amount of time where you're coming from an outsider and you become part of the family. And now this is your family that you really enjoy and, and you want to go all the way. And we had a great one after that. Is there a moment for either you personally or as a team that during that playoff run that kind of sticks out in your mind is something that uh, you'll remember? Well, I would think, well, you, you I think you in the uh, in the intro, you said like when we clinched the playoff. To me, that was the right there. To me, the moment of okay, this is why I was here. This is why it's coming together. This is how I make that phone call. And I remember the excitement of of us coming back and really enjoying for the first time ever. We're going to the playoff, and 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 I know what the I think the previous year was. A, I think the year of the 18 win season. I think uh, so. There was some very, very tough time before I got there. And finally, we turned the corner and now we're in the playoff where, you know, play, we know how playoffs are all about. And that franchise took off from there and all, all the run we did. And, we, and it was a great moment, great moment for all of us. So you finish that season with a the crunch, then you're out for a couple of years. You go to Springfield, Kansas City, yep. all different cities. <laughs> you end up in uh, in Italy for a season as yeah. well. And then you come back to the crunch. What what was the decision for you? What led you back to Syracuse after a couple of years away from the organization? Is the owner, Havel Dogen, who called me out of the blue, says, Reggie, do you, would you be interested to coming back against the Syracuse? And I still remember that a phone call came out of nowhere uh, for Howard to call me and to, and to reach out and to see where my heads, my heads was and was my thought process. And obviously there was the financial aspect to, uh, of what I was looking for to play at that time. And, and I told Howard, like, let's say I'm a very reasonable person, as you know. 
at the same token, I'm very passionate about what I represent and I think what I can do for you on and off the ice. And it was a very uh, easy negotiation of, of for me to come back. And when you know the city, how the city embraced you the first time around, so you, you didn't have to twist my arm to say, okay, let's do that again. Uh, and it, it and it was great. It was great to come back and a new new beginning because obviously the, uh, under the blue jacket, Columbus blue jacket. So it was a new fresh air, new new blood, and uh, same token to do that again because they didn't bring anybody back from Vancouver. So it was kind of okay. Now I got a transition from Vancouver to Columbus uh, as the only kind of player with both franchise and both uh, teams. So. Uh, it, it was it was a challenge, and, but it was a challenge I was I was welcoming, especially knowing the, the support we had and the support of the city and the fan, and it was a great other you know uh, stage with uh, staying with 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 the, with the crunch and and we had fun and we we were very successful. Uh, did you feel any I don't know any additional pressure as that guy who really kind of served as the bridge between those organizations? I mean that was part of uh, I'm sure I mean Jim Sorosi uh, was talking to me about this the other day. That was kind of the, one of the reasons to keep you around. And- and, and not only on the on the on ice production, but you know, just to have you as that bridge guy to bridge the cap for the community for everyone involved. Was there any added pressure uh, in your mind because of that? There's always pressure. You, the pressure you put to yourself. The pressure. Yes, you, life is. You get up in the morning. There's pressure. So I knew that there's always pressure coming to, into the job. But in the same token, as much as you love what you do, you don't view that as pressure. You know it's there because there's expectation. There was very high expectation of where we wanted to go. Uh, in the same token, as expectations are high, you know you've done it before in the past on a very successful level. But also I knew just being myself with the support of the organization and ownership and everything else, the new breed of player coming in into the system and coming into Syracuse will understand that, hey, you're not here on a party. You're not here because, okay, you did get your very nice entry-level contract. I used to tell the young guys in the locker room, like, yes, very nice, good for you. You earned it prior to coming here. But here's the job. Now what you've done in junior and college, it's over with. Now all of us here play for our livelihood. You know, fans pay money for to, to see us. They pay good money to see us, hard money to see us. So there's a way to be a professional on and off the ice. And I was very, very clear, and I knew that what they brought me here for is to demonstrate and show, like, hey, you have to be a professional. Yes, you can have your fun. There's a time to have your fun. But always remember, even though you're off the ice, you're still representing the Syracuse Crunch. So there's, and we expect no nonsense at the bar, any any kind of <clears throat> extra activity that I call it. Uh, you expect you to do your job very well and to present yourself as, as a young man in society that's okay, know how to behave himself off the ice. So you show an example of, yes, professional hockey player can have success on and off the ice, and that will take you a long time in life. Uh, you were... You were definitely successful on the ice here with the Crunch. Those two seasons, you had 70 points in uh, 78 games the one year, then 61 points the next year, 36 and 37 goals those two seasons. Uh, your two years back with the Crunch. What you know? What do you remember from those years on the ice uh, from from how you played and how that group came together? 
I would say, and I think you're, you remember those numbers very well. I, I would say it's been a long time since I, I, I look at my, at my career or just on stats wise is more of what Howard expected from me to do, because yes, he brought me for my leadership on and off the ice, but at the end of the day, you have to be productive on the ice. Uh, it's tough to, to lead and it's tough to be respected in the locker room. If you don't feel, if the other player in your team don't feel you can contribute from any shape or form. So I knew going in that, okay, I needed to put the numbers that's the 35 plus goals and, you know, the 60, 70 points and the hard and penalty minutes and everything else that the physical and all passion all, all over the ice and everything else. I needed to product to produce that uh, under, you know, for Howard and for the team. Uh, so there, there was pressure to, to that aspect, but in the same token, you come in at that age of, can I do this back to back? Can I do this back to back? And I remember those two years of conditioning. I really, really apply myself of uh, there's there's a reason I'm here, and I want to show that not only to myself but to my teammates and to the franchise that you make the right choice. This is how, as a professional, you conduct yourself, and you get rewarded. And that's one thing I I always try to preach to the young generation that come in after me is just do your homework. When I mean that, doing your homework as as professional as Make sure you get your proper rest, proper nutrition, uh, and it will pay off on those three games in three nights that you don't feel as tired as you should be because you train very well, you're well-rested, you eat properly, you get your sleep. So those bus rides will not hit you as much when you do all those combinations and, and you get the results. So we did very, very well on that, and I always pride myself to be the leader on you know, making sure that after the games, you do your bike ride, you do your workout, and yes, you can have some... I call it a couple beers once in a while, you know, and in due time, when there's a day off next, the next day and so forth and so on. So that type of, you know, leadership uh, helps prolong a career and be productive. And I was able to show that to my young teammates, I mind because they, they felt I was whole of, at that age. And I said, like, I'm still very young people. You guys are very young for me. But, you know, but at the same token, when you produce on the ice, they understand, okay, this is why Reggie works so, works so hard off the ice because when they see on the ice the products and 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 the result, they say, "Oh, it's it makes sense." So if you see a gentleman like that who's been doing this for a long time, doing it every day in day out, a young person coming in from uh, you know college or junior would say, "Oh, I know the way to be a professional, and that will pay off in the end." And uh, there's no doubt that that has the trend has even grown even further in that direction these days with the nutrition. The the oh my know, goodness, the, the, they're so they're so lucky. Yeah. They're so lucky now. We didn't have that back then. Yeah, I was going to say it's so it's such a different game these days. But uh, just what all the athletes and the focus on that is just it's through the roof with with the attention that all the organizations are giving to that and and for these young players developing. I'm sure you're kind of a little jealous that it was not quite like that back then. Oh my goodness, no. We uh, just the locker room transformation when the last time I was in Syracuse was was beautiful. It was just astonished how how much uh, investment uh, between Tampa Bay and and Howard and and, this, and Vance and Jimmy just the Syracuse management that put in to improve the locker room condition, improve the dressing room condition, the weight room, non nutritionist, a chef. Like you, every detail now is very, very base uh, for the athletes for the ultimate performance on the ice. So there's no reason to be successful. There's no reason to succeed. The, the, the franchise going to be successful. It's just a matter of the player to apply themselves and just follow the guidelines that they receive early on when they get to the organization. Because everything from the support staff to the management to you know the fans, it's there for them to be very, very successful. Which is not something that 
didn't we say we didn't have before, but now that with the resources that we have and the way the hockey evolved, it's it's great for the for the player coming in now because it's the now the I would say the minor league team is almost run the same as an NHL team. So same support, same of from on ice and, and, and off the ice. So there's no reason that you know player cannot be successful now. Yeah, no doubt the the evolution of the game, the evolution of of the organization here in Syracuse has been uh, fun to be a part of for even for me just a few years to see some of the evolution. And I'm sure hey, you know you've come back quite a bit, which we'll talk about. But I'm sure it's something to see for you as well. Well, uh, we mentioned you know you coming back and and uh, connecting with this community as a player. That was something we know you were a big a big believer in. You've kind of talked about it a little bit as well already here on the show. But uh, you know for you what did it mean to be able to connect to this community and and have that role as well while you were here i would say it was it was great uh of great memories from all the birthday party that i went to and off the ice and uh especially my my last time around like i lived there year round and really in the off season to really connect with the, with, the, with our fans and, and and to see what's you know what they're about and uh, to to be able to you know to be close to them and to understand the passion, to understand what uh, they love the crunch so much. So when you go on the ice, there's a reason you're going to rush and giving, giving your all and, you, and you're all out because the fan really embraced the hockey team. And it's not too many, especially minor league team, have the support that the Syracuse Sun have. And that's the one thing that, uh, you know, I was very, very impressed about how the city support their team because I've been on team where there's nobody in, in, in the stand and so forth and so on. And uh, when you have that support and you bring that support, and I still remember the Syracuse Crutch fans are well traveler. So they travel to, you know, to Rochester. They go everywhere with the team. So it was fun to see that to be part of where the fans follow you around and they're, when you go on the road, there's still a very nice, um, you know, uh, around a, a fan following the game and, and at the game of where we, wherever we are, and so that makes that makes you know the, the the playing very 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 fun. But the main thing is when you're able to connect and relate to the fan. And I still remember the the numerous uh, promotion I've done with going to school and read a book or uh, those type those type of events, which I always enjoy getting back to the community, but also relate to the fan because I, ultimately the fans are there, they're paying, hard, they're paying their hard money to, to come to see us play. But it's nice to know to connect with them so there's a connection so they understand where you're coming from and to get to know Reggie off the ice uh, So and, and to know them uh, you know, also. So to me, it was always more than just, just a game is, is people. And as a city of, uh, you know, you, you think so what, what's what Syracuse, you know, it's, it's about the arrangements, about basketball, so forth and so on. No, it's about hockey. It's about the crunch and the crunch are well follower and uh, with the with the with the press there. So it was nice to be part of that, you know, the, especially the last my last two years there. It was it was something I'll never forget. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, one day we'll be back and enjoy again to be part of that uh, environment. Yeah, well, you you certainly have come back a few times over the years for some of the anniversary celebrations, uh, the Crunch celebrating all of those years. And, and I know you always get a wonderful reception here in Syracuse. <laughs> what, you know, what, what's it like for you when you come back, though? You, you see, I'm, I'm, I know there are some fans who were here when you were playing and they're still around. I'm sure you can connect in that regard. But what's it like to, to come back for those uh, every few years to to see what Syracuse is like these days and, and reconnect with everyone once again. It's, um, it's a great feeling. You, you feel like you, you come back, you come, you come home, you feel a place like you're okay. That's your, your, it's, it's, it's your place of where I enjoy 
I would say, like I said before, enjoyed the most playing, uh, and especially with the impact that you had in the past. And for me, that's as you know, that you you look at my career, I'm always were pretty much play one season in one city and the next new city. But Syracuse is one of the few places with Baltimore where I play more than once. Uh, one year but there's a, there's a reason for that and so uh when i do come back and when jimmy and howard and vance invite me back for for any promotion or any uh, celebration and history for, for for the franchise it's just like coming back home and that's you, all of us can relate the feeling when you're away from home and you say okay now i'm coming home with people that you really enjoy you really anxious to see and you're happy to see uh there's no better feeling in the world than that uh, and before we uh, let you run, I, I do want to touch on your. Uh, you, you spent a couple of years overseas. You played in uh, Italy and, and Switzerland, right? What was I just want to? Yes. I always like asking guys who played in Europe what their experience was like there. Um, it was it was fun. I, I will say Italy was great because Italians were very warm and fuzzy, and I call it, and they they welcome you. Everything else. Switzerland was a little more professional and more the Swiss German, a little more. I would say not lay back, but a little more stay stay a brush a little bit. They don't they don't express themselves as much that I'm used to, and and it was a, it was a very culture change for me at that time, just because I felt like okay, you should be supposed to embrace your player, like I'm used to be embraced and, and support, but uh, the the Swiss fans are a little different. Uh, I, I would say yes, money is good, and then and the environment and the culture wise is, is is great. You know, I played the Spangler Cup and all those experiences that you can experience in, in Europe when you're there. But the the for the family lifestyle and the and the culture, you know, there's nothing beats when you go into the rink and you open you open the door and you have the the Reggie chant, you have the sign, you have the fans will recognize you on and off the ice. You know, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel appreciated. It makes you feel like okay, you're part of the community. Uh, and that you don't get much in Europe because you're an outsider, like they call you. You're the outsider coming in. You're not part of the the, the native of who's, who's from there. So there's a there's a very, I call it, I hate to say not a line, but kind of there's a line where you're just you're hired to be here. You're not part of us. You're hired to be here, and this is where we. What's the line is stand for me was. Syracuse was great. I was part of the community. It was great to play hockey. It was great to, uh, not only to play hockey, but to be around the people of Syracuse. And that's that's a big difference of what you play in Europe and you play over here. Well, shifting back to the crunch for one final question. Is there any anything else, I guess, you want to add about your time at the crunch? Either a story that you have about your time here or or just one final thought about your, your couple of years in Syracuse? I would say my years in Syracuse were... What I remember the most of is obviously the first phone call of Howard bringing me back, uh, you know, back after my first thing. He bring me back and say, look, uh, I, I really need you for, for not only for, for the franchise and also having the, the chance to, to, to talk to Jimmy. It's well known in, within the within the inner circle that myself and Jim Sarosi were very close. We were very close when I was there and we still close, you know, um, since I left. And to see Jimmy and his family and to see the especially his family when I met them years ago and his kids were babies and now they're they're grown and everything else. So that's what's what it's all about. And that's where the the the, the form the warm reception and feeling, the Vance and the Howard and the Jimmy. Um to me that's that's the connection of, of Syracuse. This is where you met you met friends for life and you met that that that's that you feel that you're you're at home every time that 
Jimmy called me out of the blue or text me out of the blue. I said, oh, you get that warm feeling inside it because you feel it's part of your family calling you, to, you know, check up on you. So that's what Syracuse represents for me is just it's family for forever. And hopefully one day I will come back. And finally, one, one of these days, maybe maybe Howard will retire my jersey because I think it should be a nice, a nice gesture. <laughs> I, I will pass along the message. <laughs> yeah, pass along the message. But, but uh, all joke aside is, is Howard, I, I'm very grateful for what Howard did for me, Vance and, and Jimmy, and the whole city of Syracuse and the fans for my time there. And I will never forget, forget that. Well, Reggie, we're so happy to have you as a part of the Crunch family. There's no doubt about that. And we appreciate you giving us your time here today on Crunch Chronicles. Reggie Savage, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, be well. And like we said, and like you said, we hope to see you here in Syracuse again one day soon. Thank you. There he is, Reggie Savage, one-time member of the Syracuse Crunch, part of three seasons in Syracuse. And you can just hear how genuine he is talking about his time with the Crunch, how much his time in Syracuse meant to him, and just what his time in Syracuse meant throughout the rest of his life as well. And and, uh, we are very fortunate to have him on the show today, and we've been very fortunate over the years to have Reggie make a couple of appearances uh, for anniversary seasons, big events, whatever it might be. He's always very generous with his time, and he was here again on this episode of Crunch Chronicles. So we appreciate the time he gave us this week. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with him. If you did, we'd love to hear some feedback. Give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And uh, you can feel free to reach out to me as well about Reggie Savage. If you've met him when he was a player here over the couple of seasons he was with the Crunch or during his times that he's come back in Syracuse and maybe you had a good conversation with him, a, a fun memory of him on the ice. Maybe you were there when he scored that clinching goal against the Rochester Americans that sent the Crunch to the playoffs for the first time. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email lfavali at syracusecrunch.com or via Twitter at Lucas Favali. Any stories you have about Reggie or any of our previous guests, whether it was Zen and Kanapka a week ago or anyone previous to that as well, we'd love to hear those stories continue to roll in for our previous guests on Crunch Chronicles. So Reggie was the guest this week. We appreciate his time as always. That'll do it for us this week on Crunch Chronicles. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest as we continue to relive the Crunch memories with all of our Crunch alum. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favalli saying so long for now. We'll be back next week with another great edition of Crunch Chronicles.